you are more likely to experience a mental illness than you are for diabetes, cancer, and kidney failure. Guys, today we're talking about not allowing your silence to kill you, literally. Ah, Let's get into it. Welcome to the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Thank you for joining our weekly discussion around grief, mental health, and your overall personal wellness. The Grief Bully Podcast will serve as a vehicle to help you navigate life's journey. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the podcast with anyone in your life that you think it will help. Let's bully grief together. What's up? What's up? What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Today is Monday, April the 12th. We are back in the studio, rocking and rolling, episode 87. I'm looking forward to getting into this with you you guys. If you haven't already, go check out last week's episode. We were talking about how desperate are you to heal? A lot of great feedback with that. So many different perspectives and people really appreciate it. So definitely, if you have not already, go check out that episode. So let's get into today. I want to continue on this whole thing about where mental health intersects with your comfortability, right? And so what do I mean by that? I had a conversation with one of my good friends, one of my best friends, one of my longest time friends the other day, random conversation. We're just talking about life and catching up on the phone and all of that good stuff. And so we started talking about what I'm doing and I consider this my life's work, right? Everything that I'm doing with grief and loss. And I said, you know, every day I wake up and I talk about grief and it's not what I would particularly want to do but it's what I feel I was called to do and what I am going to do. And so his point of view from it too was that, hey, how you want to talk about it, I'm actually the opposite. And a lot of people I think could echo his sentiment in the fact that nobody, no one can say that everybody wants to talk about grief. There are people who they would prefer to do almost anything else in the world than to actually talk about their grief. And do I think he's wrong for that? Absolutely not. And what I wanted to talk about today is to just highlight that this is for the people who who are in a similar boat where you might not feel as comfortable talking about the grief. Your process for loss and dealing with it is like, I'm going to maybe go to this service, maybe do this, shed my tears in private, deal with my feelings in private. And then I kind of want to just just go on to an extent. And again, not moving on from the, the actual person, but you really want to just tuck it and keep it moving. And so I was thinking about that a lot after the conversation that we had. And I'm like, you know what? I think I want to touch on that because I haven't talked about that too much on a show in terms of where that intersects with your mental health. And so let's start by saying, in my personal opinion and from any research that I've done, Mental health and your and mental illness are two different things. And so I have some stats that I kind of want to cover a little bit here in regard to that. And so mental illness affects tens of millions of Americans each year. But get this, only about 50% will even receive treatment. And so that is where I wanted to get to because it had me thinking this. If someone doesn't want to talk about their grief, they don't want to really confront and address these emotions for whatever reason. Again, no shade. And I'm not saying that you're wrong. Then who do they talk to? How does where is the outlet? Where is that little hole that provides a beacon of light 
for the possibility to to heal and to move through it. And so we're kind of, I guess, piggybacking a little bit off of last week, but it's not asking a question about how desperate are you to heal, but it's actually just the question, how do you heal? How do we allow ourselves that opportunity when we have these statistics where it says worldwide, one in four people will experience a mental health issue in any given year. And this is the thing. It's not even just adults. Kids are not immune either. One in five youth, 21.4% between the ages of 13 and 18 and 13% of children between ages 8 and 15 live with a severe mental health disorder. And so this is the thing. At some point in almost everyone's life, they're going to experience a mental health crisis or a challenge. And so I'm thinking about the concept of imploding, right? And so if you're not speaking outwardly about these things, and if you're not given this external release, what's happening? It's all bottling up inside. And, and at some point, something could potentially trigger you. And then there's this big explosion of untapped emotions that we haven't given any attention to. And, and, and this is the thing. I'm not saying that just because you don't necessarily want to talk about your grief doesn't mean that you're going to live this life where your mental health is going to continually be in question. I'm not saying that, but grief will meet you where you are. And so it's super important for us to take that time to find out how we can do this within our comfort. So your thing might not be to speak outwardly about these things, but it is important. And I, and I will argue this against anybody. I don't care. Best friend, mom, whoever, it is important for you to express your emotions and to identify and to work through them at some point if you want to live the best quality of life. Just just factual, in my opinion. So yes, how can it be my opinion and a fact? <laughs> because this is my podcast. And that's what I'm saying. I, I feel that if you want to have the best shot at being the most well-rounded, mentally healthy being, then you've got to find a way. And it might be not on social media like me where you're just blabbing blabbing about it constantly, but we've got to figure something out because these stats are absolutely alarming. And that's the thing is that we talk about major depression, major anxiety, and all these other things. And this is the other thing. PTSD is often associated with war, and not realizing that 70% of adults in the U.S. report experiencing some type of traumatic event at least once in their lives. 20% of those people go on to develop PTSD. Nowhere in these facts that I'm reading did it state that that's only based on coming back from war. And so at some point we're like, well, are we dealing with PTSD? What is going on? And and this is the thing. I'm like, hey, friend, I, I respect you and I, and I love you for it. And I want to support that, but I also want to push you. If I'm going to call myself the grief bully and I want us to continue to, to bully grief together and to push through this thing, then I've got to say, hey, I respect you, but I want to push you and I want to challenge you only because I want to see what's better, what's best for yourself. And, and the irony in all of this is that he and I had this conversation. And again, he's totally supportive, 100% supportive of my mission, my movement, everything that I do. And everything that I'm going to do, and he's been like that. We've got decades in, so it's it's not even that. But I texted him last night, and I said, hey, here is a conversation that I had with someone about how my platform is helping them 
and that they often feel so heard, so heard in the way in which I address and tackle grief. So you might not be ready right now and you might not feel comfortable. And so I can only pray that God will allow me to continue to use my voice for the voiceless. So I'm basically your in-between time, guys. I'm buying you time. I'm buying you time for when you can actually find your voice and you feel comfortable to move through it and to outwardly express where you are. In the meantime, I'm going to talk about this this tough subject. And I think one of the words referenced in this conversation that I had with a gentleman, not my friend, was that I'm talking about this thing that's often this scary thing. Like grief is this scary thing. And I'm well aware of that. It's not the only person that has said that. There's been multiple people who have talked about the word scary when it comes to their grief. And the thing I want to challenge you with is thinking what else could be scary or more scary, even scarier, the scariest, if I don't address my grief. So this is not to say that all of these bad things are going to happen, but the statistics here also even went into suicides and how many the percentage of those that are that are committed. I'm just going to say happen because I don't like to say committed suicide. I like to say die by suicide. But how many people die by suicide every single year? And it's at alarming rates. And especially with everything else that we're going going through in life, we've got to find an outlet. We have to, we need to make sure that we are all seeking this, this mental health support and therapy and and counselors here. I want to try to talk about it. It's untreated, untreated mental illness decreases adult lifespans in the U S people living with mental illness die an average of 25 years earlier in large part due to chronic medical conditions caused by the mental illness. So this is the thing. I'm not saying that you have a mental illness because, again, those are different, your mental illness and your mental health. But I can think that untreated mental health and poor mental health could trigger and lead to mental illnesses or things that maybe been hereditary or doormat, dormant and then now come up. But then it also affects your physical health. So it's it's all connected, guys. And that's why I'm saying when you want to be this well-rounded person and you want to live your best life, then we've got to make sure that we're prioritizing our mental health. And with that comes pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone at the stake of a better life. Right. And I know it's not that easy and I'm not here to preach to you as if it is. Listen, I am a serial therapist dater, if that is something. And I finally have found the one, if you will. And so I've had my therapist for quite a few years now. But before that, I kissed a lot of frogs. There was a lot of, ah, uh, this is like a stone cold weirdo. Um, nah, I'm not, I'm not feeling this. Nah, it's not for me. Nope. Don't need to talk to them. Don't need to share my business. What happens in my life stays in only in my life and in my head. I don't trust them. And this is for my communities of color. That's what white people do. We don't, we don't do that. Nah, we don't, we don't do that. Listen, the same friend was talking to me about he was having a conversation with two other grown men, family members, and they're getting into this whole thing about how they haven't had therapy or anything like that. And he corrected them and stated that he has. And I was proud of him for that. And I remember that time in his life where he made that decision and they were shocked that he actually sought therapy because it's this thing that we don't necessarily really talk about. And so we might be feeling like we want to do it. But but how do we do it and who do we talk to without feeling shame and embarrassment? Because 
the stigma around mental health gives this this weakness. It makes you feel like you're weak and that this is something that is going to be looked at in a negative light if we don't if we address it. If we say, hey, I'm actually hurting right now. I'm struggling and I, I really don't know what to do. And so this can also get even deeper if we look at it from a spiritual standpoint. There's a lot of people who have been taught to just pray about things. And I've spoken about this before on the show. And and I also always counter that with, well, hey, faith without works is dead. If we are going to pray to a God, to a higher power and asking for things to be moved and fixed and helped on our behalf. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have got to do our part. And sometimes that can start with just opening our opening our mouths and communicating that we need help. And maybe I'm just hypersensitive, but whenever I hear that about people who just kind of want to push through, and I get it, that's, that's, that's how things have been for you. That's who you are. That's how you move and that's how you shake. But I want you to ask yourself, how has that benefited me? Where else in my life does my unaddressed grief, my unaddressed trauma show up? I'm curious because I'm not a parent and this, but I will say the conversation is one that we do have. And I, and I think about it often. And I, and I said to myself the other day, well, actually, while I was cleaning that I'm proud of me, I'm proud of me because of the choices that I've made. I'm proud of myself because I would like to think that when I do become a parent, that I will be a phenomenal mother because of the work that I've done on myself so that that I'm going to say bullshit stops here. I don't want that to repeat itself as a cycle to my children. I don't want my children to become accustomed to not speaking about their feelings because it makes them uncomfortable, not addressing things because it makes them uncomfortable and not leaning on the excuse that no one ever told them and ever showed them how to obtain and structure and build a foundation around a strong mental wellness from a young age because I am going to show them that. We are going to show them that as parents that this is the way that we do things and if a way that we're doing it doesn't 100% work for you. Well, what can we do? Where can we meet you in the middle? How can we help this? Because I like to think that a lot of us would be doing a lot better had we saw it, had we known better. Maybe we would at least had the option, right? Look, I'm not a, a person who thinks that you can just raise children and they just act like robots and do every single thing that you tell them to do. I have five, six, I have nine nieces and nephews, and I am well aware to know that that is not true, but I want to give them the option. I want to give my child the option to at least see how people do it that does give you the best shot. And if they choose an opposite decision, well, then we'll have to cross that bridge and we get there. But I think it all starts with us and finding a deeper reason. So for me, on days and times where I did feel uncomfortable and did not feel like talking about grief and talking about my issues and my problems, I say, hey, I might be a parent one day. I don't want my issues to rest on my children's shoulders. I don't want that for them. I want them to deal with whatever challenges come with just their life. I don't want them to have to deal with challenges that come with, with to their life based on things that I didn't deal with. And it's just it's just a reality. And so I know some of the parents out there could be like, shut up, you don't have kids, you don't know what you're talking about. But <laughs> I do know that I've made a lot of decisions to make sure that I'm in the best mental state that I possibly could be in. And I want to challenge you to do, do the same thing. Scary is a real thing. Death is a real thing. And I also think sometimes it gets harder when you're dealing with consecutive back-to-back -back losses as well. 
And that can be challenging because you're not dealing with just one thing. And so it's like, dang, like I just started working on that or or feeling a little bit better about that. And then now this. But I would tell you this. Communication and the ability to articulate is my strongest asset. It is my deadly weapon in life. And it's funny because when I was a kid, my brother and I were talking about this recently that I'm actually speaking and this is something that I'm making a living from is talking. When I got in trouble so much when I was a kid for talking so much, you talk so much. I'm always in trouble in school. I'm getting in trouble at home. And it's funny because now this is what I do. And I, and I know that God chose me to do that. And so I'm not kicking you while you're down and I'm not judging you because you don't feel comfortable speaking. But I'm hoping that my life is an example and that I can exemplify to you the potential wellness that you can achieve by using your voice, by speaking up, by finding an outlet and a way to do that. I don't want you to be scared. And if you are scared, I want you to be scared of the right things. I want you to be more scared about the damage that you're going to do to yourself by not addressing and dealing with these issues and these problems. And hey, listen, again, I'm not asking you to create a platform and talk about it. I'm asking you to find a friend, find a family person, phone a friend, do what you have to do. Get a professional to help you because I even would go with the preference of a mental health professional over a friend or a family member because they know you, they can potentially be biased, they can hold back out of sake of not hurting your feelings. It's just so much with that. I love it. When I get to say, I'm going to talk to my therapist this week and I'm going to say some of the craziest things that she's ever heard and some things that I've maybe never uttered to a soul on this earth and I'm going to feel 10 times better once I get it out. Once I get it out, it's crazy because I used to think I keep saying stuff is crazy and funny, but whatever. I really used to think, what does that even mean? Healing. How can talking to someone that I don't know help me? Guys, sometimes it's just to lighten the load, just to lighten the load. It's not just about a magic answer or you just arriving at, whoo, I am healed. Thank the heavens. No, but saying, damn, that felt good to get that off my chest. I haven't had anybody that I can say that to. There's silly things. There's so many things that we have that go in our heads that can really weigh us down because always keeping in mind that grief isn't always about losses of loved ones. Someone I was speaking to recently said they're dealing with, they've dealt with a lot of loss in their life, but recently they're dealing with a different type of grief. We didn't get deep into the conversation, so I don't know what that is, but understanding that it's multifaceted. And so don't underestimate the power of your silence. You could literally, literally, be killing yourself. Use your voice. I believe in you. I know you can do it. And hopefully after hearing this episode, if you don't already have a therapist, you'll go on to psychology today. You'll go on to trybetterhelp.com. You'll go somewhere. Google, listen, go to your, your job, your employer. They have employment assistant programs called EAP and MAP where they can help you find someone. And a lot of times the first couple of sessions is, is free. Free is for me. And if that's going to help me literally be free as well, well, that was a long play on words. And we don't have time for all that today, Jay Nicole. But guys, listen, I wanted to get into that with you today. Hopefully that that encourages you, helps you, inspires somebody to move through. And with that being said, I'm going to jump into our inspirational boost, which is a part of our show that gives you something thought provoking, something to chew on, digest, process, what have you for the week. And with this conversation, we're going to go with a Jay Nicole quote. It is speak your mind to protect your heart. 
Your heart needs you. You need you. Your children need you. Your spouse needs you. Your parents need you. But if you're suffering in silence, how does anybody benefit from that? How does anybody benefit from that? They don't. I gave you the answer, the cheat code. So make sure that we step up to the plate. We do what we have to do. We look internally. We figure out a game plan and we move forward, God, forward guys, with that. Listen, I want to go with the In Love and Memory segment, which is a part of my show that's very important to me to make sure that we highlight somebody's life and make sure that they're not getting that they're not excuse me being forgotten and so with everything going on in the world right now with this case i want to circle back to george floyd and i want to give our love and memory segment this week to george floyd and continue to just send prayers and love out to his family because as the world is watching this trial we're, we're watching it not as a as a daughter we're not watching it as a child's mother as a mother as a brother we're, we're watching it as fellow Americans and 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 people who are angered by and upset and hurt by but their 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 trauma and and their pain is on a huge stage they're having to relive things that some of us maybe could never imagine and i can imagine how difficult that could potentially be so i wanted to take this time to send our love out to george floyd's family and may he continue to rest well and may justice be served that is the really important part here is that we pray that the justice system handles this the way in which it needs to be handled Guys, this has been another episode of the Griefully Podcast. You know I love hanging out with you, but I got to get going. Make sure you follow me where I hang out the most over on Instagram at I underscore AM underscore J Nicole. Guys, so next time you already know, love and light. Peace. Peace.